Welcome to episode 23 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and take a little bit of time to talk about what makes that object so interesting to astronomers. So, I will now turn on the random number generator. The coordinates for this episode are 13 hours, 21 minutes, 57.6 seconds right ascension, and negative 36 degrees, 37 minutes, 48 seconds declination. These coordinates point to NGC 5102, which is a lenticular galaxy in the constellation Centaurus at a distance of about 12.2 million light-years or 3.74 megaparsecs from Earth. A lenticular galaxy, which may also be called an S0 galaxy, is a type of galaxy about halfway between a spiral galaxy and an elliptical galaxy. A lenticular galaxy has a disk of stars and a bulge of stars in the center like spiral galaxies, but the bulge is relatively large compared to the disk, which is what kind of makes it halfway between spiral and elliptical. Also, the disks of lenticular galaxies do not have any spiral patterns in them, and while spiral galaxies contain a lot of interstellar gas and dust, lenticular galaxies are more like elliptical galaxies in that they contain very little interstellar material. NGC 5102 is embedded within a nearby group of galaxies called the Centaurus A-MA3 group, named after the two largest galaxies in the group. It's debatable as to whether both of these galaxies are at the centers of their own groups, or if they are both part of one larger, gravitationally bound, dumbbell-shaped group. NGC 5102 is the third brightest galaxy in the part of the group that contains Centaurus A. NGC 5102 is sufficiently close to Earth that it is actually a fairly good amateur astronomy object, although you have to be in the tropics or the southern hemisphere to be able to see it. I recommend first finding the star Iota Centauri, which is a magnitude 2.7 star located near the top of the constellation Centaurus, and I recommend getting a star chart to help identify which star is actually Iota Centauri. After this, point the telescope to a location northwest of the star at a distance of about 17 arc minutes, which is slightly larger than half the diameter of the moon. The galaxy is fairly compact and has a brightness of magnitude 9 in the visible part of the spectrum, so even in a small telescope with a diameter of 7.5 centimeters or 3 inches, it's possible to see the oval structure of the galaxy. In telescopes twice as large, it's possible to distinguish the center of the bulge from the disk. Professional astronomers have an interest in NGC 5102 because, over time, they have observed a series of peculiarities about the galaxy that make it different from other lenticular galaxies. The first thing that people noticed is that the center of NGC 5102 is rather blue for lenticular galaxy. 
A number of follow-up observations demonstrate that the galaxy actually contains blue stars in both its nucleus and its bulge. Most lenticular galaxies contain old stars that look red. Blue stars have short lifespans in astronomical terms, lasting only between a few million and a few hundred million years before they use up all of the hydrogen in their centers. After this, they evolve into red giants and then evolve further until they either explode as supernovae if they were large stars or form planetary nebulae if they were small stars. So it looks like stars have formed relatively recently in NGC 5102, although the star formation has been at relatively low levels. As I indicated before, lenticular galaxies do not normally contain much interstellar gas, but galaxies need interstellar gas to form stars. Moreover, the younger stars in NGC 5102 are found in the bulge, which is weird because young stars are usually found in the disks of galaxies. This leads to questions about how was star formation triggered in NGC 5102. A couple of hypotheses have been put forward, but the most likely explanation is that the younger stars formed out of gas that came from outside the galaxy. The main proof for this is an observation that some of the stars near the center of NGC 5102 are rotating around the center of the galaxy in the opposite direction from all of the other stars in the galaxy. This is called counter-rotation, and I even wrote my first science paper on this phenomenon. It might sound very difficult to envision stars traveling in different directions past each other, and some people might compare this to cars driving the wrong way down the highway, which would lead to many horrific accidents as well as quite a few traffic tickets. However, the gaps between stars are so big that individual stars not only avoid colliding physically with each other, but even avoid gravitationally interacting with each other as individual stars. So a more apt comparison to counter-rotating stars may be two flocks of birds, where the birds are spaced far enough apart that the two flocks can pass straight through each other without colliding in midair and falling to the ground. In any case, some of the stars in NGC 5102 are traveling in the wrong direction. Within the galaxy, most stars and virtually all of the interstellar gas usually orbit around the galaxy's center in the same direction, so any new stars that form from the interstellar gas will still travel in the same direction as all of the older stars. However, if a galaxy acquires gas from somewhere else, so for example, if a smaller galaxy falls into it, then the new gas could end up rotating in the opposite direction from the existing older stars, and when that gas forms stars, the new stars will move in the opposite direction from the older stars that were already there. That's what seemed to happen with NGC 5102. It's the only practical explanation for why this galaxy contains counter-rotating stars. It also explains how a lenticular galaxy was able to form new stars when it would normally not have the gas to form stars in the first place, and because these types of merger events are chaotic, the stars that form from the infalling interstellar gas may not stay in the plane of the galaxy, but end up outside of the plane of the galaxy in the bulge, which is exactly what we see in NGC 5102. So that's my summary of NGC 5102. 
The location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of NGC 5102 in the sky is in the Pacific Ocean, about slightly less than 2,000 kilometers east from the eastern tip of New Zealand's North Island. A lot of the astronomical objects that I have featured in this podcast so far have locations that correspond to what seem like random locations in the Pacific Ocean, and it's worth keeping in mind that if you were to select a random location on the Earth's surface, there's one three chance that you'd end up with the location in the Pacific Ocean. So, it kind of makes sense. It's not terribly interesting to be 2,000 kilometers from dry land in the middle of nothing in the Pacific Ocean, but it happens by chance. The website for this podcast is www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can go to the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of the astronomical objects, and send me random feedback. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de, which is distributed by filmmusic.io under a CC 4.0 attribution license. The sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening. To me.